Hello and welcome to the Curious Choice Leader podcast. I'm your host, Becca Prado, and it's time to step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. You're brilliant at what you do and you want to keep doing it, but your success means that you have a bigger role and a team to go with it. Suddenly, you're facing a new challenge, leadership, and it's a challenge that keeps changing and evolving and growing with you. This show is dedicated to helping experts like you become the leader you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it, whether it's your own business or someone else's. We're celebrating something fun with this week's episode of the Curious Choice Leader podcast. It's our 10th episode. I can't believe how fast that's come around and how much fun I'm having talking with you each week. And I really appreciate each and every one of you who listens. I set up this podcast to help experts like you become the leaders you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it. Right now, it's very focused on how we lead through these strange and rapidly changing times. And I've really appreciated the feedback some of you have shared about how you're using some of the things we've talked about and how it's got you thinking differently about something. You have no idea how happy feedback like that makes me. My big hope for this podcast is that the content does challenge you and it gets you to think so that you can step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. So I'm calling the first nine episodes and getting to number 10 a success. And success is what we're talking about today. How do you know if you're successful? So are you ready? It's time to get curious about success and make some choices about what it means to you. When we're working on a project, a change program or for somebody else, We know if we're successful in that role when we hit whatever measures and targets are in place for us and our teams. We may have objectives set for our work and our role as a leader and may well measure our success in our roles against those or against the rewards our business offers us. And that's not just the money they pay you. There was one company I worked in, for example, where having a meeting table next to your desk was seen as the ultimate sign of having made it. You might have goals set for how we manage our teams and we may even set a few extra goals for ourselves. And those definitions are great in the short term. But if you've ever had that feeling that you've delivered what was needed in the way that it was needed, but it just didn't feel great or even like success, then you'll know there's more to being successful than hitting targets set by someone else. If you're looking for some insights into how to lead your team to hit its objectives, this episode is going to leave you wanting. Instead, we're going to do something we haven't really done in previous episodes. And instead of talking about what your team needs from you and serving your team, we're going to turn that focus inwards and talk about you. Absolutely, leadership is about your team rather than being about you. But you can't do your best work for your team or be the best leader you can be if you're not working in alignment with your personal values and your own definition of what success is. And that's what we're focusing on in this episode. Defining what successful means for you, what it looks like and what it feels like and how you'll know if you're successful sounds easy on one level. But something really interesting happens when we start to really challenge ourselves to get curious about these definitions. It's much harder than we think it's going to be and the answers aren't as obvious and are a lot more complex than we first thought. The good news is there are no wrong answers to what success means for you. It's going to be a very personal answer and one that only you will know is correct. It's also something that everyone you know will have an opinion on and they may well judge you based on their own definitions of success. So you may be wondering if it's so hard to work out what success is for you and others are going to have an opinion, why does it matter to figure it out anyway? The answer to that is simple. It makes every other decision simpler. You'll know what goals and aspirations to set yourself. 
You'll know what motivates you and you'll know if an opportunity is or isn't for you. You'll be more aware of the opportunities that lead you in the right direction and you'll be more confident in the choices you're going to make. Okay, so how can you work out what success looks like for you? Well, the key here is to get curious and to explore the idea from different angles. I'm going to share some questions with you in just a moment. But before I do, I wanted to talk a bit more about the fact that everyone has their own definition of success and their own way of determining if other people are successful. Our definitions are moulded and shaped by what we see and hear around us. The pressure is applied by the thoughts, words and actions of people we know and by the cultural norms around us. And this can be very deep rooted. As children, we probably knew our parents' aspirations for us and what they'd consider us successful when we achieved it, be that a gold star, a good school report, or even our career choice. Going against those and deciding what we wanted to do to be successful can be tough, and it's been the subject of lots of great films I'm sure you can think of. Sometimes our success is judged by us and those around us by the things that we do. I know my parents, like many others of their generation, hoped I would grow up, meet a nice young man who'd take care of me, and I could have lots of children and no worries. And many people in society join them by measuring a woman's success by their children, not something that's an option for everyone or something that everyone wants. And it's totally okay not to want it, even if you have that option. It's about your own definition of success. Sometimes we're aware of this picture of success that others are imposing on us, and sometimes we're not. In the example I just gave you with my parents, I was very aware that's what they wanted. If we think about our jobs, the measures being used are made clear by our goals, objectives, the feedback we get and the behavioural definitions and role models in the organisation. When we meet somebody for the first time, however, we may have absolutely no clue how they're deciding if we're successful. And then sometimes our success is measured by the things that we have. Long before social media made what you have and the external appearance of your life into something to flaunt and make sure that everybody knew about, we were judging people by where they lived, where they went on holiday. And I know I'm not the only person whose family and friends have judged their new boyfriend by the car that he drove. The pressures around these material measures of success are huge. And there's a whole industry built around telling us we're not successful unless we have their products. It's literally the job of many marketeers to sell us their company's vision of success. So we spend our money with them to feel good about ourselves. That is successful. And many of them are great at what they do. And we knowingly part with our money to buy into their brands. But sometimes it's done much more insidiously. I've seen it all too often, especially in the online business world, where the tactics used are not based on such a visible exchange. As a coach, I get targeted on a daily basis by people who want to sell me the dream of doing less work, working with less people, but making a six or maybe a seven or maybe an eight figure income. They promise huge results from very little work and want to tell me how to do everything from finding unlimited leads to selling to high end clients to running courses. And if I do exactly what they say, I will be successful. And here's the rub. If I don't get the results, it's because I didn't do it right or I didn't believe it enough. Basically, it's my fault. This is wrong on so many levels, and I don't even really know where to start. And this episode is not here to take down those modern day snake oil sellers. So why don't I get off my soapbox and just say, engage your brain around these things. If it looks too good to be true, or it doesn't seem to add up or make sense on the surface, you're probably best walking away. It's probably not true. After all, if there was one set of emails that made everybody rich, why would somebody sell them to you for a super low price if you buy them in the next five minutes? And we all know from our attempts to buy clothes that one size never fits anyone, let alone all. 
So the point of talking about this in this episode is that they're pushing their definition of success onto you. I'm very clear, for example, that I don't want to run online courses. I love working with people one-to-one and having a real impact. That's where the joy in what I do comes from for me. Teaching groups in real time can be fun too, but online courses lack that connection and that impact. And having worked behind the scenes with many businesses who have them, they're a lot of work, a lot of financial investment and make a very low return, both in terms of time and money. And actually, if they're done badly, and unfortunately, a lot of them are, they can damage the reputation and the business of some very talented people. The people selling the dream of build a course based on something you know a little bit about and sit back and let the money roll in. Don't tell you that the people the money really rolls in for in this is them. The mantra from the field of dreams, build it and they will come, is just that, a dream and certainly not a business reality. So courses are not for me. And quite aside from the numbers not adding up and the amount of time I'd need to spend in selling the course, they won't make me feel successful because of that lack of contact and that lack of visibility of the results they're getting. Without a firm understanding of what success looks and feels like for me, I, like many other people, would be very susceptible to these people selling by appealing to emotional and physical aspirations that they're telling me I should have. So we can know we're successful from how we feel, what we're spending our time doing, and from the size of our bank balance and what we can buy. But there are other aspects of our definition to consider too. We can determine our success in terms of status and popularity. We're going to look at those together because in many ways, they're two ways of looking at the same thing. They're about defining your success in terms of people's ratings and opinions. Without wanting to make myself sound as old as I actually am, it can be very hard for the generations that have grown up watching programmes like X Factor and with things like Instagram, where everything is linked to the number of followers and likes that you have, to define success as anything more than those vanity metrics. But here's the thing. What difference will having a few thousand more followers really have? What difference will being more visible make? What will change when you get that next promotion? What we know, and something that one influencer found out the hard way on Dragon's Den, that's Shark Tank if you're listening outside the UK, is that the number of likes and followers that you have on social media does not equal money in the bank. The influencer concerned was presenting her opportunity to the Dragons based on the fact that she's an influencer and because she had however many thousands of followers it was. And that's all she needed to make it worth investing. The dragons couldn't get her to elaborate on how she was going to make money beyond that. And what followed was one of those great standoff moments you sometimes get in the den that make it so compelling to watch. What had happened here was they had very different definitions of success and one didn't translate into the other's world at all. So how can you start to get to your definition of success? Well, there are lots of different ways. If you like writing, then journal around these questions. If talking it out works best for you, try talking to someone you trust not to impose their views on you. If letting it brew in your brain for a bit works, do that. Maybe draw or mind map or a bit of all of these, but get really curious and explore the ideas that come up for you. As we've talked about, success has many dimensions and we need to explore them all. One of my favourite places to start is with asking yourself, how will you know if you're successful? Another great place to start is a question I was first asked when I worked through Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a bit morbid, but it really made me think and it kick-started my thinking about what success means for me. And many of the ideas it uncovered, probably now 20 odd years ago, are still part of how I define success for myself. What I was being asked to do and what I'm challenging you to do is to imagine you're at your own funeral. What would you want people to be saying about you? How do you want to be remembered? 
Success can also be determined by the things that you do. So what sort of things do you want on your list? They could be one-off achievements. They could be the way you act. They could be how you treat other people. They could be the contribution that you make or anything around those areas. The choice is yours. We've also talked about how success can be measured in terms of things, material possessions. And there's lots of great literature about creating a vision board where you collect pictures of the things you want in your future. And it can be a great way to represent what you consider success to be in terms of the material things that your success brings you. But it's just one lens, so do remember, you need to look through the other lenses as well so you don't miss something important. And then we need to get really precise about what feelings we'll be experiencing when we're successful. Success doesn't feel the same to everyone, so I challenge you to break that down so you know what you mean by feeling successful. And the final lens to look at this through is relationships and people. What kind of relationships do you want? What kind of people do you want in your life? What will they represent for you? So that's just a few questions to get you started. Okay, so in this episode, we've turned our curiosity inwards so that we can work out what success means for us. We've looked at why knowing is important, how our definitions are shaped and the impact of other people on them. And we've looked at how we can start to uncover our own definition of success. My hope for you is that you'll make the time to get really clear about what success means for you, what it feels like, what you'll be doing, what and who you'll have in your life. That definition may evolve over time, so don't feel what you decide now you're going to have to live with forever. When I left the corporate world, I soon discovered that buying a new pair of shoes every month didn't make me feel successful in the way it had in the past. And in fact, when I moved house about seven years ago, I found a pair that I hadn't even worn. Once you have your definition, you'll be able to hold yourself to account and make choices that move you ever closer to meaningful success and being in a stronger place to lead others. If you need any help with this, please reach out and ask. It's foundational to everything else that you do and how effective you can be as a leader, and I'm happy to help you uncover it if I can. The things I share in this podcast are based on my experiences, and some will be more relevant to you than others. As I say, I hope you decide to take and apply some of the things from the podcast, but it's up to you. That's what being a curious choice leader is all about, getting curious, building your understanding, then evaluating what we find and making the choices about what's right for us and our business. So the question I'd like to leave you with today is, what does success mean to you? If you enjoyed the show and found it valuable, I'd love it if you'd subscribe and then rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. When you rate and review the show, you help more people find it and step into their leadership one curious choice at a time. You can find the show and all the episodes and show notes, as well as more information on becoming a Curious Choice Leader by visiting thecuriouschoiceleader.com. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking to you next time.